All right, here we are. So I'm Kylie Gail Garcia, and this is my very best friend, Jasmine Rose. We've been best friends since first grade, and this is our brand new show called Will You Be My Friend? Do you want to tell the story of Will You Be My Friend or should I? Oh my gosh. Um, you tell it. You tell it. Okay. This this calls for a sip of mocktail. <laughs> <laughs> that was not in the plans, but here we go. <laughs> it's so good. I've been so into like kombucha mocktails lately. Mm. So Jasmine and I have known each other since first grade. I'm all. <laughs> We've known each other since first grade. And the story of how we met was very simple. In the first day of first grade, they had those little desks that you sit across from your buddy, partner, person. It was like a four square. Yeah. 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 You're right. It's like, and then you, everybody sits like around. So you're facing a person. Yeah. Literally. It's like a dream in my mind when I think of this memory, but I just like sat down and like got all my stuff together and then looked up and I saw this beautiful girl with these beautiful brown eyes and this beautiful, like thick hair. And I just like the first thing that came out of my mouth that I remember was, will you be my friend? <laughs> and she said, yes. Yeah. <laughs> okay. And then we just um, have been friends ever since. So that was back in the good old nineties. Yeah. And you know, what has it been? 20 something years, 25 years, almost more than that. Yeah. I was going to ask you if you remember the exact number. I'm like, how old are people in first grade? I don't even remember. Six or seven, I think. Yeah. And then we're 32 now. I don't know if you, I can cut that out if you don't. (laughs) 32 now. We're 32 now. And we've been through marriages. We've been through, you have two kids. I have dogs and a cat and you have your own pets you have chinchilla chinchilla. college time and high school time and different careers and all kinds of things health health scares for either of us in different ways and really it's the only friendship that I have that hasn't been like I don't remember us ever having like a big rift or ever having like a big argument where it was like, I'm not talking to her. She's a bitch. <laughs> like, I've never thought that about you. So yeah. I, I consider Jasmine like my soul sister. It's like, when you know, you know. <laughs> you, know you know, it's, it's soulmates. <laughs> it was soulmates. So yeah. here we are. We've been talking for a while about starting like a show or a podcast or something. And we both are really big fans of Sex in the City. And I believe you introduced me to Sex in the City. Yeah, I was trying to remember that. I was trying to remember when I first started watching Sex in the City. I actually could not even remember how I got introduced to it. I don't even remember. My first memory of it, which is so funny to me, is being at your parents' house back on Roberts, down the dirt road. Yeah. And... um watching the finale episodes with you yeah so I didn't see any other episode at before then the very first thing I remember seeing of Sex and the City was like an American Girl in Paris part one and part two or part yeah. two and part two right <laughs> and thinking like this is incredible and even being like a high school kid like relating to Carrie and Biggs like 
on and off type of like relationship and how he's kind of jerking her around. And I had a similar type of relationship in high school, relationship in high school (laughs) where I felt like I was getting jerked around a lot. So I remember just being, you know, I feel like probably a lot of young girls are like, oh my God, like this person's my Mr. Big and (laughs) not COVID. (laughs) (laughs) Just hoping my throat. Um, But yeah, so that was kind of my first um, relationship to it. And I remember just honestly, like in our friendship, I always felt like you had experiences first. I can't kind of came from a sheltered background and I feel like you had these experiences and then you would kind of come to me and be like, now this. (laughs) (laughs) And so I just was like, Oh, Jasmine likes it. So it must be good. So I went out and bought like all the DVD sets and watched it all the way through at that point. Yeah. I, it's so funny because I really, it was such a like huge thing for me. I watched every single episode. I still quote it to this day. And I just was going back in my mind. Like I definitely watched it after it was kind of a thing. I didn't watch it on TV because I watched it on DVDs. So somehow it like came into my sphere and, um, and just became like this huge part of my life. And I started out buying the last seasons. So I had like season six and I sort of went backwards until someone bought me the full six season box set. <laughs> and I had that for years. Yeah, I know. So I've had all the individual ones and then I've literally still, I haven't bought it, but like, I'm a grown ass woman. I probably should. I just want the whole thing in a fancy case because I like worship it so much. I just love the show. So, um, it's, it is, it's like comfort and I definitely loved it from, from the time that I discovered it with you to like, now I still love it. And it's been, you know, probably 15, 16 years since then that's our relationship to sex in the city. So that's what we're going to be talking about on this season of, will you be my friend is going to be the new chapter of sex in the city, which is, and just like that, which they're showing on HBO max, we are not sponsored by anyone at all. Let's just talk about like who we are as individuals, like just in our lives. Who are you, Jasmine? Who am I? (laughs) Yeah. Um, I always, I need to get a better elevator pitch down. Um, but I am, I guess I struggle with what to put in where, like what's first. Um, but I am a mother, I am a mom to two, I'm a surrogate to one, and I'm a doula, a full spectrum doula and a doula trainer. I'm an educator and, um, so many other little things sprinkled in between. I'm a very multi-passioned nuanced human being and constantly changing, constantly giving myself permission to change. Um, but that is where I am at present, uh, living in Eugene, Oregon with my family. And, um, yeah, that's, I think that's, that's pretty much covers it. (laughs) Hard question. The, who are you question? Because I feel like for people, people like us, special people like us, (laughs) it's like, you're such a creative person or you're so like interested in everything. And then somebody's like, well, who are you? Tell me what you do. And you're like, yeah. all the things I try everything. Like, yeah. <laughs> like and I don't yeah. want to be identified with one. Um, but you know, as for, as for my stuff, and I will say Jasmine is so deeply multifaceted, um, beautiful Gemini queen woman. 
Uh, <laughs> yeah, I should have said that. Like, I'm a Gemini. It explains everything. It explains it all, right? And I'm a Cancer, <laughs> which explains quite a bit about me. So if I just like randomly cry in the middle of this, you'll understand why. And, and my deep loyalty to Jasmine. Um, and yeah, so I, I, I identify with the Cancer traits as well. Um, for me, I am a, a wife, a, a best friend. I am a mother to two dogs and a cat. So I don't have any human children and I'm not sure if I might even interested in that. So I think that's something interesting about our dynamic too, is that Jasmine's very in the birth and babies world and I'm just not. <laughs> so I just learn anytime I have a question about that stuff, I'm like, wait, what is this? Like, what, what is a breast pump? Like what are these things that people are talking about? Because all these people in my life have gone through that and I haven't. So, um, and I'm just not sure if it's for me. So I think that's interesting about us. I'm also um, a vegan. I have done activism for animal rights. I create content on YouTube. I um, am a health coach and a detox specialist. So I help vegans to reach their health goals. And I helped people who are not yet vegan, if they'd like to transition to veganism, I help them to do that in the best way possible um, for them. So that's kind of a little synopsis of what I do. But today so we're valuable to discuss. We've been waiting for so long Yes. Like, I feel like we've been talking about this since like the moment the nose, the nose, the news broke. <laughs> the moment the nose broke, the moment the news broke that there was going to be sex in the city was coming back in some way. Yes. And I felt like I literally was like, huh? <laughs> yeah. like, what could they possibly do? And then almost immediately afterward, they talked about um, Samantha's not coming back. Yeah. And so that was an interesting thing. And I think we'll definitely get into that in the episode, but we've definitely been waiting for this. So today we want to talk about the first episode of season one of, and just like that. So season one, episode one, it's called hello. It's me. The synopsis reads after discussing how to handle change, Carrie is challenged to be sexually open on Che's podcast. Miranda has a disastrous first day of school. And Charlotte tries to impress a fellow mom. And then another big change no one saw coming. So we know the big change. Initial thoughts, Jasmine, on this. Oh episode. my God. Ah, I have so many initial thoughts. Um, I, first of all, I was not expecting to be so emotional and love it as much as I did just right from the get go. I was excited for this to come out. Sex and the City is kind of like a comfort show for me. So I just thought it was going to be fun and I didn't expect to be that invested. And immediately, just something about the camera angles, the lighting, and like seeing those three girls there, even without Samantha, I was so in and just immediately got emotional. I was so excited. <laughs> like um, right off the bat, you were right like, off the bat. Yours? Oh my God. I was just so, yes. And it was like, it was shocking to me. I was like, I didn't, <laughs> I was home alone. So thankfully nobody was watching my, my strangeness, but I just was like, oh my God, I'm so in this. I'm already so in. And then I was so surprised when, um, like one of the first like people that they show was, um, was it Mitzi? 
Oh yeah. Mitzi that- Von Muffling. Von Muffling. <laughs> I could like remember the Von Muffling and I was like, but I was, I couldn't remember if it was Maybe she's or Mitzi, Mitzi Fine now because she was married to Bobby Fine. Maybe she's yeah. Mitzi Fine. I don't know. But I was just like, you're like, I was like oh my God, there <laughs> she is. And it's like all these like memories of just coming back of Sex in the City. It was, it was, it was a lot and very exciting. Um, but I actually loved how they handled Samantha's absence. I thought like they had to address it. They couldn't just skim by. Um, cause we were all going to wonder where she was. So they just kind of like got to the point and had a, a solution. And I loved that she wasn't just like dead of COVID or something. <laughs> so there was a lot of rumors. I don't know if you saw that, but I saw online, it seemed like everybody thought, or like on different other sex and city podcasts that I've listened to, I saw a lot of people or heard a lot of people saying like, oh, she's going to be dead because there was like a leaked, you know, funeral footage and different things. And so they were like, oh, Samantha must, her cancer must have come back or, you know, all these things. And I was like, whoa, that that's pretty harsh. You know, know, she said she really was done with the character. So they technically could have done that. But like, I was like, that would be really harsh. Yeah. That would have been a lot. You know, out of the like core four, you know, that would be kind of a lot. Um, and I like that you mentioned Samantha right at the beginning, because that was one of the things I wanted to talk about the opinion on how they handled that to me, like in the beginning, like my first initial thoughts when it was starting, I didn't get emotional at the beginning. I more like, like was kind of like just locked in of like, how are they going to do this? Like, it's been so long. How are they going to like make this make sense? And I think that it was, for me, it was actually a little bit rough. The first probably like 15, 20 minutes was just like tying up all those loose ends. Yeah. And it felt kind of like, obviously in the writing, they were like, well, we can't like go a second without saying anything about COVID or like saying, yeah. about, right. And so we had to mention COVID. What else did I write down? Samantha, um, they talk about their age, like it's all kind of like right at the beginning, like all yeah. the rumors and the things people were saying about, you know, talk, people were talking about Sarah Jessica or the looks of the cast because they've obviously like aged because <laughs> there's yeah. been some time and they're like, oh, they're too wrinkled or they're not wrinkled enough and all that. So I think they were trying to almost like make that an inside joke. Yeah. And at first I was like, oh, this is kind of weird. Cause they're like doing that back to back. Almost like bullet points. Yeah. And then like, once I saw the whole episode, I was like, okay, that makes sense. Like they got all that out of the way and then they got into a story. Yeah. And so I I appreciated it more once I completed the episode, I think. But at the very beginning, I was like, oh, I hope it's not like too much of this for too long. You know, it was a little cheesy. Like I definitely like, I felt like though, to me, Sex and the City was always a little cheesy. <laughs> so I felt kind of forgiving of it. I was like, well, it is kind of, but it definitely in the beginning, it was like, I even laughed that right away, like they were having brunch or I don't know what they were eating, but like they sat down together, they were eating just like they used to do in the show. And they had to have some sort of sex thing just right off the bat, just to kind of bring you right back into like, we're watching Sex in the City. And it was just, it was, it was kind of funny. It was like, they were hitting every bullet point. What did you think of the sex topic? Oh my God. I was horrified. <laughs> I was like, I was... <laughs> do not like hold anything back right now. Like this is life with a teenage boy. 
I was horrified. And then I was just like, oh, in my brain, I'm like trying to do the math. I'm like, wait, how old is he? Like, it was just such a like, I'm like, is that happening? That's okay. (laughs) I don't know how I felt about, like, I like to think of my, again, not a parent of like a human child, but I like to think of myself as like fairly progressive. And I understand that like, kids are going to experiment or they're going to have these types of relationships at some point, like probably around high school into college. But again, I did grow up really sheltered. So I feel like I just cringed at that whole thing. Cause I was like, Oh, like we're talking about a teenage boy. I'm like, oh. yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, think- and the idea of like, just that she knows it's happening and she's doing nothing about it. She's just like, we're not going to sex shame. We're not like, I don't know how I feel if I was an actual parent and I knew that they were having sex in my house. Like maybe it's old school, but I feel like, I feel like shouldn't we all have that experience of like having sex in the car of our boyfriend (laughs) like Like sneaking around somewhere, not being someone I know. Like go sneak around and like find that weird place. Like, don't we all need to know that weird experience of like being covered by a blanket and secretly having (laughs) and not be like, yeah, mom, we're having sex in the next room. Learning to be discreet. Yeah. I thought that was a really, I definitely had feelings about that. I was like, I don't, I don't know either. I mean, as a mom myself and like as a parent, it was very, yeah, it's a little alarming. Thankfully, I feel like those years are farther ahead for me, but I was like, I don't know what I would do. I don't know. What is better? Your kid well, I mean, safely being in their room or right. I want them to grow up afraid of sex, but I feel like that's almost like too much of the extreme. Yeah. Like there's got to be like a better place of like, I know you're doing it, but like have respect for my home or I don't Something. know. Boundaries. Maybe that's still shameful to be like, have respect for my home. Yeah. Maybe that's, you know. Maybe you're supposed to like not be like hiding sex and maybe that's the point they're making, but I don't know. I love how they just kind of skirted right by it though. Like she said it and then they just went on. Like they just so sex in the city. (laughs) It was so sex in the city. I feel like there's so many scenes like that in the original series where somebody says something like it used to be Samantha that would say like the thing, whatever it was that was just too much for people. And they'd be sitting at brunch and Carrie would usually be like, okay, I need to order this or, you know, like it would right. always go to carry like deflecting from it kind of. <laughs> yes. And, but I think they did good and it did feel like them jumping into that felt like, oh yeah, these are our girls. Like these are our friends that, yeah, like they're still like that. They're still the same people. They're just like, yeah, in a stage of life. So yeah. It's pretty interesting. I actually like too, that they didn't try to just replace Samantha. Because I felt like even though I super respect um, the actress who plays Samantha to like make that decision for herself, I didn't miss her. And I felt like I missed that banter that like would have happened um, where she probably would have like dug into that comment a little bit more. But they didn't try to like go out of their characters little realms and like, you know, try to replace Samantha with a whole different character or try to make them say things that they wouldn't actually say. It was yeah. just kind of like, yeah, it just had the absence of Samantha. Her. Yeah, yeah. I definitely feel like they did that um, 
pretty well. And I had a moment with um, the new character, LTW, Lisa Todd, I had to look down to remember her name, LTW, Lisa Todd Wexley. She's beautiful. I don't know. And I can't remember the actress's name. I don't um, either. I should have looked it up, but I didn't, but she's, I know I've seen her before and she's very beautiful. Um, but when she showed up, I was like, are they going to try to like slot her in as like the fourth? Right. You know what I mean? And I wasn't sure right now it's kind of unclear, but, um, yeah, they have her kind of dressed like Samantha too. I feel like <laughs> like <laughs> the big jewelry and like the big, bold colors and prints. So I was just like, Hmm, like what's going to happen there. Yeah. Um, and then they, they talked a little bit about age and stuff. How did you feel about how they handled age? You know, I think that on a personal level, like I just kind of enjoyed it. It's, it's kind of fun now that I'm in my thirties, <laughs> it's kind of fun to be in your thirties and see characters, just be the main character so far ahead of where you're at in your life. So I kind of enjoyed that. I kind of liked seeing them just have gray hair and like have conversations like where Charlotte was so obsessed with Miranda, like coloring her hair. It was kind of just like, Oh, these are probably conversations we might have with our friends when you we're older and are gray. <laughs> Do I? You had, you had a lurker. <laughs> she was like, <laughs> against the wall. she can say hi. As long as you don't mind her on here. She can't hear it. So she's oh. like, she just probably saw it. She was like, oh. <laughs> it was funny because I saw her appear and then she like backed into the wall. <laughs> <She's scooting. laughs> like, I'm out. <laughs> oh my God. So cute. My opinion on that. I've heard people complain about that. I feel like it's one of those kind of like no win things because people are always going to have an yeah. opinion one way or another. Like, why are you focusing so much on age? Why didn't they say anything about age? Like there's always kind of the two different sides to me. I liked it because I didn't feel like they harped on it too long, but it yeah. is like a thing. Like it's not yeah. like it doesn't exist. Yeah. We live in a world where people do that, especially to women. Yeah. Like, so to me, I feel like, honestly, we were a little bit younger when we discovered sex in the city than like the main, probably the first people that started like as the first fan base yeah but like I learned from sex in the city like oh the next stage of life could be like this or mm -hmm. like whether right or wrong I feel like it kind of like taught me different things about life like oh life in your 30s could be like this and then even the movies it was like okay life in your 40s and you're getting married or this is what that could be like and now with this I'm like oh okay like and I liked that it was like there's still these amazing like fabulous women and they didn't yeah. like, like cease to exist because they hit 50. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> like, they're still living amazing lives in New York and they just have like moved on with their life. And, you know, and I like that. I do feel like Charlotte's voice was true in that moment. Cause that's very, yeah. to be like, I thought so too. Like, I, I feel like they stuck with the characters, like true character throughout. Yeah. So far. I uh, thought so too. And I was okay with the Samantha explanation. I felt like, what are they going to do? Right. You know I mean? <laughs> like, yeah. I was kind of glad they didn't just kill her off and it sort of made sense. And it's like, they just got it out of the way right away. It was like, yeah, everyone's going to notice she's not here. <laughs> so let's just address it right away. Yeah. And she, and I feel like Sarah Jessica is so good, you know, yeah. like, I feel like the way that she jumps into it, you can feel that feeling of a friendship that kind of distance grew. Yeah. 
know? And she's just like, well, she just stopped returning my calls. And there's like hurt there. Yeah. But there's also like, it's just kind of like a reality moment of like, things don't always stay the same. And I think she says something like, um, I thought we would always be friends forever. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, like, I know my heart. That's so real though. That's so real. So one of the other things that I thought perfect transition and segue. Yeah. I'm curious about Charlotte's daughters. I feel like there's going to be like a whole dynamic there because like Lily, I feel like is kind of, um, Lily's the adopted one, right? Yes. So she's the adopted one. She's the one that was playing the piano. She strikes me as like the golden child type in the family. Like she's doing everything as it should be as a child runs by. (laughs) Um, and then Rose is sort of like a rebel child, at least, you know, like not what her mom is expecting. Right. Well, it's like Charlotte had that idea, that like picture perfect idea. And it is like Lily's fallen into that, like everything on the outside that Charlotte would want in a child, like super feminine, high achieving, like wearing the the dress, you know, the whole thing. It was, I found that to be really interesting. And I was a little bit um, not surprised because I felt like that was very Charlotte, but also kind of like, I wasn't sure what I expected from the characters as they evolve, but I just, uh, yeah, I don't know. I was kind of like curious about that and about like Charlotte's like evolution as a human. And I kind of hoped that she would be a little bit more like woke, like a little bit more, <laughs> but, but she kind of de- definitely stayed in that like little thing. But yeah, I had the same thought. I'm very curious to see how that all evolves and like what she's gonna learn through the process of like having one child who's not in her eyes like perfect but I loved Harry and like how he like (laughs) like, why is he amazing like I I feel like they give him such a hard time in the series and they like try to make him like ugly or like undesirable I'm like they give him like the worst kind of stuff you know like the gross hairy back or whatever right and they try to like make him gross but I have always thought he's so cute and so sweet and just like who wouldn't want to be with Harry (laughs) he looks like the best dad and the best husband like I was like oh my god there he is like just just there with the kids there with the wife totally like honoring Charlotte's like freak out moments about the kids but also like with a sense of humor and I was just like oh Harry he loves her so much. He had a woke moment. He was like, what if I wear the dress? I exactly. Like, I was like waiting for it to happen. I was like, this would be <laughs> like Harry's just like, they would do that to Harry, right? <laughs> With his kids, right. You know? Like they would totally do that to Harry and it would be fine and amazing. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I worry. I worry. I'm like, I worry about Charlotte. I think, um, I think what they're doing is they're creating this as a device to show her having to grow. Yeah. Right. Kind of like the whole thing they did with Harry. Like I think she was so into like the image of everything. Like when she was with Trey Yeah, she got with Harry and this is all in the series, obviously. But um, now I feel like, okay, that picture perfect family is a certain way, her expectation in her head. But then now she has like the adopted child that's kind of like following suit. And then the other one that's sort of like resisting. 
And I think it's caused her to have to like, there's going to be enough friction for her to have to like learn about her other daughter and like understand her. And I'm wondering if they'll even go like a different way with that, like a, like a trans or a non-binary or that's what I was curious about too. I was like, is this a child who's kind of rebelling against your mom or are they going to go the direction of like gender non-binary type situation? And I was very curious about that. Cause I was like, is, does she not want to wear the dress because she just doesn't want to wear the dress because it's fancy and a little too girly, or is it that she's actually uncomfortable in a dress? So it was kind of like, Hmm, I'm, I'm very curious. What did you think of the outfit? How it turned out? I thought it was so cute. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're Definitely. so much better of a person than me. <laughs> I, so also, so I have, so I have two kids and the oldest 10, she's, she says that she's non-binary, um, but still uses she pronouns. And um, sometimes she'll dress like really hyper feminine. And then sometimes she'll dress very like neutral. And that looked like something she would wear. So I was like, that I totally got it. I was like, that's definitely like, if I were to give her a dress, she might dress it up with like a crazy hat or like a crazy scarf or some boots or something. So I was kind of like on board for that. Um, it looked familiar to me. I was like, oh yeah, definitely. Like, so cute (laughs) so I kind of loved it (laughs) I I probably wouldn't have forced it it, but I don't know I feel like I could have liked it if it wasn't the tuxedo shirt but I was definitely like Mario Cantone in that moment I was Anthony I was like what is with the outfit (laughs) well and I was wondering too like was she wearing the tuxedo outfit to piss her mom off or was she wearing because she liked it so I was very curious about that I was like is this like a moment of Cause I definitely wouldn't have forced the dress onto any of my kids. So yeah, the, if I, I would know that if one of them were wearing it, it's because they actually liked it and I would like it because they liked it. But if they were wearing it because they're trying to piss me off, then that's a different thing. So that could definitely go either way. <laughs> that is very expensive. Like if you know that you have a child that's not into that, like don't put your money towards that. Right. Cause I feel like that has to be part of it. Like she, she still lives in her like pink princess world. And yeah. even if you, like I was noticing, I didn't notice in the first time I watched it, but today I rewatched it and I noticed their room was like rosy and pink and their names like in cursive on the wall. And yeah. It's funny, the, the girls that I used to nanny for in New York, their room looked almost exactly like that. Like they shared a room, but it was like a pink rosy, like girl room with like a cute rug in the middle and their beds on either side. And, and I think they even had their names too. But, um, yeah, it just, I mean, it talks about, I think it, it's a conversation about the expectations of having two girls and what Charlotte thinks that's supposed to look like. Um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see kind of how that plays out. I I don't, I just feel like maybe she shouldn't have forced the dress and she could have, I feel like Rose could have looked really cute in like whatever she just wanted to wear. Like I just, yeah. I think for I me, agree. It was like sacrilege to do that to the Oscar de la Renta dress <laughs> <You know? laughs> and the hat and the whole thing, like those hats you buy, like off the guy on the street in New York, right. like, that is not cute. <laughs> like that's a $10 hat right there, you know, but, and the yeah. shirt, I just, I was like, no, <sighs> but I guess yeah. fashion is too, is like just allowing, um, somebody to make it their own. Like, that's why people love Carrie's fashion too, is because it's never like exactly from the runway. It's like, she always makes it her own. Yeah. 
So anyway, I can yeah, I'm, I'm very curious. I'm very curious about that. <laughs> I'm learning to be less judgmental and more understanding, but maybe there's a little more Charlotte in me than I realized. Um, did you notice that the dog's name was Richard Burton? I did, but I don't know who Richard Burton is. He, I believe Richard Burton, we can double check this. I'll cut it out if I'm wrong, but I believe Richard Burton was the one that married Elizabeth Taylor that she became Jewish for, right? Okay. That makes sense. Think, Yeah. And so Elizabeth Taylor was the first dog from the series. Yes. And such a cute dog, not the type of dog I would have expected Charlotte to have. And I loved it. Yeah. I loved that she had a bulldog. Cute. And okay. I loved this. I put a star next to it in my notes. So being someone who's lived in New York city, one of the things that New Yorkers complain about with sex in the city is that there's like very minimal to no mention or showing of the subway, because I think like the series is like about, um, the most glamorous version of New York that you could experience. Right. Like this is privileged, glamorous, you know, group (laughs) of people. And they take taxis and spend tons of money on clothes and all this and going out to eat all the time. Miranda going and getting on the subway and the scene with her and her professor where she's like fully going off. And then the <laughs> professor's like, I missed most of that. And she's just like, huh, where she gets on the subway? I just, I love Miranda. I feel like she's one of my favorites. And I just was happy to see the subway like incorporated multiple times. Yeah, I definitely noticed that that was different from the show. And I wonder if they did that intentionally. And I do. I love Miranda. Oh, my God. I loved Miranda before. I love her even more now. I thought it was kind of funny that it felt to me like Miranda had like a million different little like areas that they were working her into like so many different plot lines I just had so many questions about Miranda I'm like wow Miranda and like Steve and he's hard of hearing now and oh and she's stepping on her son's condoms and oh and is Miranda an alcoholic now and oh my god (laughs) thank you for saying this I was like am I the only one noticing that they keep bringing her into like because that bar scene right before she goes to school she yeah. walks in and I thought, oh, maybe she's having like a memory. Like maybe this is the same bar where she met yeah. Steve or something. Yeah. But then I noticed like, she sits, she's like, I'll wait. And then I thought, well, are they commenting on her age and how people, women, especially when they get to a certain age, they start to feel like they're becoming invisible because people don't treat them the same as when yeah. they're young or whatever. So like if she was in her thirties and came in and asked for a drink 15 minutes early, maybe she would have gotten the drink. Is that what that's what I, that's what I thought at first too. But then she brings wine to the recital and like, she just continues to have these moments of like, hurry up and give me alcohol. They keep bringing it up. And so I was like, what's going on there? That was very strange. So I was like, Miranda, I love you. What is happening? (laughs) Like, what is happening? I love her and Steve and I'm scared. I've heard rumors of maybe they might break up and I'm scared that that would happen because maybe she just like gets out of hand with drinking or something. Like, I don't know what they're going to do, but they're really planting those seeds. And I'm glad you, you noticed it too. 
Like I yeah. felt like it was obvious, but at the same time, I was like, am I making too much of this? Like, am I just judging her? You know what I mean? yeah. <laughs> but it feels like they're pushing that storyline. So yeah. yeah, I almost forgot to mention that. I'm glad that you mentioned it. Carrie's new job at the podcast. Yeah. Oh my God. So I was curious. So I love listening to podcasts. I'm a podcast person. I love podcasts. I was laughing at, I thought her podcast sounded more like an obnoxious, like morning radio show to be honest. I was like, I was a guy guy in it was like, yeah. Tiffany and Jimbo from KCAL. Right. I was like, what? I masturbate everywhere. Right. It's like, I don't think I would listen to this podcast. I was very, um, I was kind of like, okay, okay. Like, yeah, I just, it was kind of funny. And it was kind of funny how Carrie continues to be sort of um, like really conservative. Like even though she has this sex column and all, I mean, they always put her into that like thing of like sex stuff. Yeah, She's so conservative. Like she never wants to go there or talk about things or like even talk about sex. I was like, why did she sign up for a podcast? that's all about sex versus like fashion or something like she, um, or just, relationships, I, I just like she said, just relationships. Yeah. Like she puts herself into these positions and I was like, Oh, <laughs> poor thing. I think sex is a lot more and me, I don't know if it's because we grew up into like an adult world or if it's always been this way and we just didn't know because we were younger or maybe that's just me <laughs> or if it's like sex now in these times is just more in your face and more out there than it was back then. Right. You know, because I feel similarly, I feel like that they took it to like the most extreme that they could. Right with the kind of subject matter and like, we're talking about sex, like right. <laughs> the most, like intense way that they could to kind of make a point in the storyline. But yeah, I feel like even in the series, it was much more about a lot of people talk about this, um, about how she was really more of a relationship columnist. And there wasn't a lot of like weird kinky things that she talked about or yeah. Like, whereas now people who are sex columnists or sex writers, like they get sent like a sex toy or a new lube or something. And it's like, try this out with somebody and write about it in detail. And right. that's what being like a sex person is, is like talking about the sex, <laughs> right? you know? So yeah, I thought that was interesting, but I also kind of like love her for it. Yeah. Like, I just feel like that is her. And it, it kind of feels like a piece of Sarah Jessica too, because when you read about her, like how she didn't want to be naked in the series, yeah, and, you know, that was part of her contract is she wasn't going to do any like full nudity. Although they do have her running around in underwear all the time and stuff, <laughs> but she didn't want to be like fully exposed, like her boobs or anything like that. Um, so part of me is like, oh, it's like her. Like there's a little Carrie and her like enmeshed together maybe. Um, and I felt bad for her. Cause I was like, if I was in that position, I'd probably kind of feel uncomfortable too. Like, do I really want to talk about this part of my life? So, okay. When they went to the next scene, the cringy scene. With Vig? <laughs> yes. So it's so cute. Cause she's like doing, it's like, she goes back to what's comfortable. She's writing yeah. on her computer, right? And she's like, oh, maybe it's like this. And like trying to be all cute and witty about it. Yeah. And then she kind of has this little moment. And she's like, oh, I'm going to go talk to Big about it. Yeah. And then we have this whole scene. Yeah. 
I almost gave up on the show at this. Oh my God. I was internally like, no, no, I do not want to watch Big Masturbate. (laughs) I was a little shooketh. I was a little shooketh. I will say though, that this actually was one of my favorite scenes for how Carrie looked. I loved her at home, like relaxing look, like that little robe thing that she had on and her hair and like, I was really, I was like, wow, she looks really beautiful. And I kind of thought they would go into like this fun, like masturbation banter and it would be something else. I thought for a minute they were going to make us watch him masturbate. I definitely, I was concerned. (laughs) Like fully. I was terrified is the word. (laughs) And you know what? I don't, I thought about this a lot because again, we, I watched it twice. I watched it the initial time and then we decided to do this. So I watched another one. And I really like was watching this, trying to figure out what it was that made it so cringy for me. I feel like what it was is it has nothing to do with his age, right? So I'm just taking that completely off the table. It's not like, oh, people who are in their sixties shouldn't masturbate or shouldn't have a sex life or aren't sexy or any, like, I think he's still a good looking guy. Yeah. Oh, you turned into your picture. Oh, well, there you go. <laughs> turned into a picture for a second. <laughs> Um, you're like, pop, I'm an angel, uh, <laughs> masturbation angel. <laughs> Every time we talk about this, you just pop up into an angel. Uh, <laughs> perfect timing, masturbation angel. Uh, <laughs> anyways, I don't know why that happened. I, so it's not that. It's not that he's unattractive or too old or anything like that. I think he's a good looking guy. I think he's handsome, whatever. Like I would be lucky if my husband looked like that when I get to that stage of my life. I think it was, I felt like I wasn't supposed to be there. Yeah. Because honestly, if you, if you take yourself away from like, I'm watching and witnessing this interaction between them, if they're doing that and nobody's watching in the privacy of like their marriage and their home, and she's like genuinely asking that question, I think the cringing came from like, I'm not supposed to be here. And like, but I actually think like on the verge of sounding weird or kinky, if that was like an experience that I had in an intimate setting without people watching on television, I think it'd be kind of hot. Like, like, I think if you're kind of exploring that with your partner, that could be really hot. But I think it was just the, like, I'm not supposed to be here. And he's making these like, noises. Okay. That's what it was for me. That's (laughs) like, it was, so I had questions because I was like, hold on. They've been together for this long. So I was one surprised that this was the first time it was apparently coming up. Like, I was like, how have you not already had this sort of interaction? Like, so it's kind of like, hmm, okay. And then I thought they would kind of graze by, but then it got like a little too real. Like it just got so like, I felt like I needed to like awkwardly like step out of the room because I was like, okay. And it was the heavy breathing for me. Yeah. It was, it was the heavy breathing right where before I was like, it took a turn. Thankfully right it took a turn. He said like, oh, Carrie, 
and then he like yeah got her and I thought that was was like cute I was like thank goodness because I didn't realize I was holding my breath I was like how far are they gonna go what do I have like I didn't (laughs) I just like didn't want to see whatever was gonna come next he's like let me get the lube and I was like I I need (laughs) like I was just so alarmed (laughs) I was not ready real like I'm sitting next to my husband and watching this and I'm going they're going there they're going there (laughs) I know like how far are they gonna go and I'm thinking like are we because sex in the city is known for not holding back right so like I'm thinking, are we about to see like Big's O face? So this is what I was afraid of. I was the whole thing. Like I was worried that it was gonna just be like it was gonna continue into just watching him like grunt and like just have this whole solo session, and it would be this awkward silence of just like Big's breathing and grunting. Like I was like so like icked out, and I was just like, no. this is not good like he saved it like I was grateful to him in that moment like I think it was sweet because he was trying to um oblige her yeah you know like he wasn't like you know like he wasn't prudy about it yeah but at the same time like I think he saved it from being as horribly cringy or gross as it could be yeah he kind of brought in that humor and I think that like for me, like the whole season and people have feelings about big and how he did, you know, how they were just so up and down and all these things. I loved big in this episode. Like I loved everything about him. He was so funny. He was so handsome. He was so like, I just like loved big. I was so team big through this whole episode. Yeah. He really became, I think the man that she needed and that was right for her. Yeah. Well, like I think for so long in the series, it was, he doesn't even deserve her because he's so, you know, or maybe they deserved each other because she was pretty fallible too, but right. You know, I just, I feel like it was hard to be on his side as a woman who's experienced kind of the push and pull in the games. I might have to shh the dogs. Hold on. (laughs) Oh, and you're going to talk too? Okay, you have to be quiet because we're talking. I know. So now we have cameos from both our sets of children. Yes. Okay. I think we will be calm now as, as, as long as dad <laughs> walking through the door. No, no, so you'll probably there. hear some barking when dad walks through the door and then they'll calm down too. She looks and, very alert. So what were we? Oh, we were talking about the cringy scene. So it got mm-hmm. saved big I think big big was redeemed in this episode yeah you know and they kind of had to yeah like fully great it made it even more heartbreaking but it was so necessary so are we going there now I don't know well I do want to say though that overall I just loved the picture that they created of what their relationship became I loved all the scenes where they were together I loved, I loved what she was wearing when she came home, like the 30 minutes late and they're kind of making dinner together and like the records and just kind of like the whole thing. I just, I was just like, oh, relationship goals. I was so into it. And then when she leaves for the piano recital and he's like, I'm just looking at you. And I was just like, oh, I know. Melt. Like I just watch that melted. 
Yes. Because See, when the I knew what was coming, I was like, oh, like they definitely did that on purpose. It you was know? so precious. Like it just was so sweet. Yeah. So that was, that was difficult. Then they go into the whole scene at the piano recital. Yeah. And you've got, you know, this whole thing. We talked about Miranda bringing the wine in. Yeah. And we've got, so we've got that going on. And then we've got this kid that's the new character's son, um, Lisa Todd Wexley, LTW. Her yeah. son is like, <laughs> burp, 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 burp. which is hilarious. <laughs> which, and everybody's just awkwardly sitting there, and, and Steve pulls out his hearing aid. The whole thing. I loved the that dad. He's funny. like, my soul has left my body. Like, I, that was so oh hilarious. God. Yeah. And does it have alcohol in it? Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so then we're having that. And that, that's such an interesting thing that they do as far as just like creating comedy, but then there's also yeah. drama. And literally, I enjoyed like, that moment something like intense happens so yeah for me when I started watching this part when he was smoking the cigarette or the cigar and then she said something about like Allegra and the weekly cigar in the same day I was like oh no yeah what are they going to do they're going to give him a heart attack like I knew yeah. a healthcare person or a wellness person yeah like, oh my god they're going to give him a heart attack and I know he has heart condition because of you know think it's season five or something that he has the surgery yeah um, in the original series and so like okay as a bad heart he's smoking a cigar and he's going to do peloton this Mm -hmm. is not a good recipe so i'm like waiting for something i was expecting a heart attack especially the way they set it up with the piano Mm -hmm. kind of cutting back and forth and then he's doing and you can hear her saying like we're going to do a three minute climb i used to teach spin so i know like when you're sprinting and then you're climbing and and he's sweating and he's pushing. Yeah. And I, I'm sitting there with my husband and I'm going like, I'm so scared for him right now. I'm so scared for him right now. Mm. So I'm kind of expecting that, you know, and I'm yeah. thinking like, but I wasn't expecting the very end. I was thinking like, I hadn't gotten any spoilers or anything. I just thought, oh, they're going to yeah. give him, it's that, it's that comment on his age, right? I think for that, like that whole experience of that scene for me was like, just kind of like tightening up <laughs> and being like, are they going to do this? And then as it was like going back and forth for so long, and he's kind of like, I've never seen a person die. So right. I kind of like, I feel like most of the movies or things I've seen, they just kind of, it happens in like one moment yeah their eyes kind of like do the thing and they're just gone mm-hmm. me I felt like they kind of had him coming in and out and I don't know I think it was intentional to like play with us a little bit yeah you know, for us to like be like doing what I did which was basically like oh my god they're not gonna kill him like first it was like yeah they're gonna give him a heart attack I'm afraid of the heart attack and then he starts going through all that and I'm going oh my god they're gonna kill him are they gonna kill him no they're not he's still alive and I'm having this like moment yeah. I had a similar experience. Like when he was texting, I thought he was going to text her. Cause I was kind of just the back and forth, the drama of it. I was like, oh my gosh, like what is he or isn't he like, is he okay? And then he was texting her and I thought, oh, he's going to text her like, come home now. I don't, you know, something's off, but instead it was like, let's go to the Hamptons. And I'm like, oh, maybe not. Maybe it's just the drama and they're kind of pulling us along. But when he did the arm thing, like when he like started to walk away and kind of did the arm thing, I was like, Mm, okay something's definitely gonna happen the arm 
Yeah. And then you see on the second watch, I noticed. So he drops the phone in the shower and he says like something. And then he reaches down and that's when he starts to have the heart attack. It looks like, Yeah. but then in the middle of it, he tries to reach back at the phone and it's that same arm. Yeah. And he's just, and then they have him kind of like pause and you think, oh my God, they killed him. Yeah. And then she comes home and he's still kind of there, but he's like way out of it. And yeah. The, the best face acting shower. though. Oh my like God. He's, his eyes, like I was just like, oh my God, it was heartbreaking. Like he just said everything in his eyes and that whole moment between them. Like I love loud, dramatic Carrie. <laughs> like I loved how like her whole like outfit was just kind of flowing behind her and she's running to him and it just made the whole thing so emotional. Yeah. It, it she was wild. Shower for me. And her, her wedding shoes coming off in the water and her little toes, like gripping the ground, trying to like catch him. And he's so much bigger than her. And like, she's so helpless. It was filmed. So I have to say though, it was, I couldn't, I was like freaking out that she wasn't calling 911. Yeah. I would, I could, I was like, what you would do first. There's like a pause too, where she's kind of standing there looking at him and he's looking at her and you're trying to figure out, did he already die? And she's yeah. kind of in shock, I think. Yeah. I think they played it pretty real. Yeah. I think us having like a very, um, you know, knowing what happens and having like a dip more of a distance. Mm. It's like, but I think in real life, that's how it would be. It's like, oh my God, is this really happening? Yeah, you for sure. You immediately think I'm going to call a 911 when you go in that situation, I think. Unfortunately. Well, I- I hope that if I'm ever having a heart attack, whoever is dramatically staring at me, it, it does thinking of calling 911. <laughs> it's like, should, at least should I? At least it's a thought, right? Please. And I'm sure please like, call 911. She probably did, but it was less dramatic for the show yeah. to show her on the phone with 911. Like, oh my God, my husband just had a heart attack. I think he's gone or whatever. They could yeah. have filmed that and cut it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I think that for the filming and for the show, everything, like it was so beautifully shot and I loved it so much, but I was like, okay, in real life, I wondered, I'm like, come on, CPR, 911. Like, could we have saved big? I was just kind of like, and then I, I was so shocked by the last line that I actually started laughing at first when I watched it the first time. Cause when she says, and she says, and just like that, big died. And I literally like sputtered and started laughing because I expected something more. I kind of expected it, but I expected like, and just like that, he was gone or like something very poetic, but it was so blunt. It was just like big died. And I was just like, yeah. ah. <laughs> like I it just was laugh. so I, much. Yeah. I asked because the whole time I'm going, are they going to kill him? Are they killing? Did he just die? Are they yeah. killing? Cause even when he was like slumped in her arms, he still kind of yeah. had a moment where he's reaching for her. And yeah. his eyes kind of looked like they were blinking a little. And that the second time I watched it, I was like, wait, do I just not know what it's like to be like with somebody who's dying? Like, do they come in and out like this right. or are they trying to tease us? So we don't know. And then the very last line was like, final, it's yeah. done. No like, question. No way. We're going to like bring him back. He's gone. And yeah. I was just like, <gasps> and at first I was like, how could they do that? Like, this is big, like the whole series was this whole back and forth between they were the main thread 
right? She has yeah. all other things, but, and it's mainly about her, but it's really like, he's the one she really wants. And when are mm-hmm. they actually going to make it work? And when is he going to be able to commit? And, you know, how are they going to like, finally just be with each other? Yeah. You know, but I think now, like after thinking about it for a minute, after my initial shock, yeah, <laughs> kind of like they had to do that. They had yeah. to like, for this, the show was also about her singleness, you know, and like, they always call it the ode to the single girl. And so I think they had to make her single again. Yeah. And I think if they would have been divorced, it would have left too many doors open. Mm-hmm. And I think it was easy to kill big because he had the heart condition. He was yeah. significantly older than her. Yeah. And so it was realistic. And it's also kind of like age appropriate for where they are in life. Like that's a possibility. I know people that, you know, that's my parents' age in the sixties. Yeah. So I know people that have died from heart attacks in their sixties. Yeah. It was really interesting. It was kind of an interesting, almost like foreshadowing too in the elevator when she's talking to her podcast boss and she's kind of like, well, everyone's going to think that you're just the boring old married lady. She's like, well, aren't I? And then this is kind of like thrusting her into this new stage of life where she's not like, it would be harder to make a show if she was just the boring old married lady. So when everything was yeah. so smooth with yeah. that, like what other exactly. are they going to bring up to have a whole show? Right. They looked so happy, which is why it's so devastating that he died. Yeah. But also makes so much sense. There were a couple of things I thought were funny lines that I wanted to just point out. Yes. The subway I already talked about. I thought that was hilarious. I was laughing out loud. Yeah. That whole scene was hilarious. I mean, every, and if you've been there and you've been in the subway waiting to go home from something in New York and you're trying to have a conversation and the subway comes, <laughs> that's, that's real. Like that whole thing was real. And then also like in the middle of her serious conversation, the guy, the busker starts playing, right? <laughs> I'm like, this is it. This is real New York. Like this is yeah. the New York I lived in <laughs> but where you're like trying to have a serious conversation with somebody. And then somebody's like, wow. <laughs> so I, I laughed out loud at that. So I was like, that's New York right there. That's not just fantasy sex in the city, New York. That's real. The part where they just arrived to the piano recital and Stanford comes out of the car. She's talking to Mario Cantone. I was calling Mario Cantone. <laughs> I like love him so much. I call him his real name. She's talking to Anthony. And then Stanford shows up and she says something kind of playful to him. I can't remember exactly what she says in that moment, but then they start arguing immediately and she just goes, oh, we're not in the same place. Yeah. <laughs> I <laughs> love that too. Like so funny. Off. I can't remember the line, but it, it made me laugh out loud. I was like, oh, okay. Like we're not <laughs> in a happy-go-lucky moment. And then so not PC, but hilarious. And of course it would come. I think it came from Mario Cantone or Anthony when, um, he calls the new character LTW black Charlotte. Yes. <laughs> and with so much shock on his face. Just like, who is this person? Oh Here is God. black Charlotte. I was like, that's perfect. Like that's, I feel like he, I'm so excited because I noticed in the billing at the end, he was listed right after the girls. Yeah. I feel like that means he's going to be more of a main character this time. And I'm I excited to see him be, he's so funny. I yeah. think he's so funny. I 
loved Stanford to just like him seeming to have a little bit more, which again, kind of gets into the next episode. So won't get too much into it, but I like, yeah, I liked seeing that. And I'm curious to see where that goes. Cause I know that Stanford, that character died in real life. So I'm kind of like sad, not sure how much they filmed, but I was really excited to see more of them in the show. Yeah. I'm curious as far as like, exactly like how far did he get were they done filming when he passed anyway i'm just curious to see how that all plays out um he's so funny and i i liked him a lot like i liked all of his parts in this episode and yeah just like genuinely enjoyed the humor i i loved the balance of humor with other stuff i felt like it was pretty funny yeah that's a big complaint i think for people from the original is that they become sort of more like token people um the the like non-hetero characters token or just a device in the storytelling and even there's a whole issue that we could go into probably at any time (laughs) about them not having a very diverse cast and all that so I think this time they're trying to kind of correct all those things I've heard they brought in more of a, a diverse writer's room what are you thinking is going to happen next um i am personally but i'm very curious about miranda curious if she's going to be an alcoholic i'm curious if she's going to end up gay and i feel like in my i would love it if she ended up in some sort of like crazy like polyamorous relationship like she still had steve and then also was a lesbian (laughs) That's my current, like, hopeful theory. Okay. I like Miranda. We didn't talk a lot about her, like, putting her foot in her mouth and stuff. Um, Yeah. But I kind of loved it because I just felt like I related to it. Like, you're trying so (laughs) hard, but then you just still say the wrong thing. (laughs) like, no, but I care. Can you see that I care? Yeah, predictions. I think predictions is a hard one for this particular episode because we've already seen the second episode. Yeah. Yeah. But I think if I could think back before I watched the second one, I just was like, okay, I guess there's a funeral coming and then Carrie's going to be single again. And we're going to see her kind of revert back in a way to like her singleness and like eventually start dating randos. Or maybe I've heard that Aiden's coming back for a while. So maybe she hooks up with Aiden again um, for a while. I know he's been married and had kids, but maybe they got divorced and maybe her and Aiden, this could be a totally crazy theory, but I know a lot of people don't like their relationship. They don't think they were a good match. I think he was such a sweet, I think he was almost like too good for her. (laughs) You know, like he was, I love Carrie. I'm not a character, but I think she really did him in. And like, he was such a sweet, genuine guy. Like he reminds me of like my husband, like just the sweetness and the like, so forgiving and so there for her. And um, so, yeah, I guess that's my prediction. (laughs) We'll see if it's true. Yeah. Be interesting. Cause I think he is coming back for something. He might just pop in or maybe he'll come back for a whole new relationship. We'll see. Mm. Very, very interesting. Yeah. So how about, did you have a favorite outfit? You know, 
maybe this just speaks to where I'm at personally in my life right now, but I really loved all of her, like I'm hanging out at the house outfits. I also noticed, I don't know if I would say this is a favorite, but I, it just was a observation that I noticed immediately was that she seemed to be wearing like a Titanic necklace oh my at God. one point. <laughs> I love that you said that. Oh, Angel Jasmine's back. <laughs> it's good. My phone has like, my phone is telling me it's going to die soon. Like oh, not soon, okay. but I've got like 10% left. So that's Maybe what that is. Um, also loved the robe. I didn't want, I knew that you said you were distracted by that when we talked about the the masturbation part. Yeah. <laughs> so when I rewatched today, I was like, oh, that is fabulous. Like I, I was distracted it. by what was going on. So I didn't see the robe. Like the, yeah. it was more like a caftan thing. Yeah. Whatever you call those. I was like, I want one. <laughs> I like, it's just to me, that's what fabulous women wear around the house. Right. Like if you yeah. are just truly fabulous, you have those in your house and you wear them. Yeah. You float around the apartment. You just, and that's what I want. So I was like that, <laughs> I made a mental note and I was like, I need one of those. <laughs> no, it was, that was beautiful, but I didn't want to steal that from you. So I made a point to write down different looks that I noticed. So I'm going to run through them. I, the first look, I called it the Peter Pan with the little hat with the feathers. Yes. In. The first look, and it had a cute little jacket. And then when she's walking down the street, talking to Miranda, they're talking about Samantha. She's wearing two purses. Did oh, I didn't even that? notice that. I did She's not wearing notice. Two crossbody purses. Unless it's a purse that's like somehow has two pouches on it. Oh my gosh. I'll it have to like watch it again. Purses. So I was like, hmm. And then I put Heart of the Ocean. Because yeah. that was what she was wearing at the podcast. Which is so weird because they cut it to where Miranda walks her to the podcast. And then oh, she's yeah, in yeah. the podcast and she's in a totally different outfit from what I can tell. Oh my gosh. Yeah. You're Unless right. It was like under all the layers. Yeah. But- Cause I mean, you don't see it until, and then I really noticed it in the elevator. I'm like, that's definitely like a Titanic necklace. It was the green heart <laughs> of the ocean instead of blue. Yeah. I, I thought the same thing. So I'm so glad you said it was a Titanic <laughs> necklace. That's how I remembered. Like I was like, Peter Pan, two purses, heart of the ocean. <laughs> and then, um, and I wrote tiny hats because there's another podcast I listened to and they, they have a running gag about her wearing tiny hats all the time. Yeah. And they immediately started her off with that Peter Pan tiny hat. Um, yeah. And then the outfit she wears the piano recitals, very, very flowy. It's almost like gaucho pants with the blue shoes yeah blowy jacket and her hair is just straight everything's very like I liked it yes yeah I like that she was wearing the blue shoes but I should have seen the foreshadowing in it I should have seen they were going to use the shoes as device and I didn't I was just like oh she still likes those shoes (laughs) um and then the robe which is what you mentioned so out of all of those without stealing the robe because it was so beautiful I actually liked the Peter Pan outfit. I felt like it was classic Carrie. I loved how her hair was like wavy and kind yeah, of- Yeah, I loved her hair. And the, the chunky highlights in it, like- Yeah. I, I thought it was cool. I thought it was just off enough to be right for her. Yeah. I feel like a lot of her outfits just have something off about it. And you're like, yeah, yeah. Carrie. Like, <laughs> yeah. weird. You know, like, like a belt on a bare waist. <laughs> Right. Yeah. <laughs> I love that one, but she does it. And then favorite moment. I feel like this one's kind of easy. Well, what's your favorite moment? I have to think about it for a minute. I feel like 
I mean, it sounds kind of weird to make it my favorite, but I think the most impactful moment was that look on Big's face when they're both looking at each other. And I'm freaking out thinking like, is did he already die? Is his, like you said, his face acting. Yeah. So I wouldn't say like favorite, I loved that it happened, but favorite yeah. just like that was impactful and powerful. Yeah, I was going to say the same thing. Like my favorite scene was that whole last scene. And I was trying to think of a different one just because I don't want my favorite moment to be the moment that Big dies. But that probably was, I just loved how they did that. Yeah. I loved how they did that. It was very like poetic. And I felt like they drew it out long enough for it to be like dramatic enough and sort of do the character justice. Yeah. Kind of too. Like if it was just... You know, it was different than um, in the series when they have the party girl, Lexi Featherstone. Oh, yeah. You just fall. That. It's like fully for comedy, really. Yeah. There's not a lot of like reverence or sadness for her. Yeah. She just falls out the window. <laughs> and then um, I think the other funeral scene, well, they have Miranda's mom dies and then they have um, the funeral scene for Javier. And I feel like mm-hmm. all those are like kind of played for comedy. Maybe Miranda's mom mm-hmm. is a little bit more serious. And you still don't, don't really see it, it that much. You yeah. Her, you don't see it. It's yeah. not very impactful to like your, the impact it has is how the friends are there for each other. It's not about her relationship with her mom. Cause the show famously kind of ignores the family stuff. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I feel like it was really the first time that they had a very serious moment with the reality of death yeah and I yeah like it with grace like it was, I thought so too I yeah. thought it was really and like we kind of said before the whole episode kind of did feel like bullet points of just getting through reintroducing the characters introducing the new characters so it kind of felt like the whole episode you're sort of watching that of just kind of getting us all up to speed and that last moment was just such a beautiful like acting moment so it's kind of like yeah, as far as like favorite parts of the episode, it's like really the whole episode was just getting us back into their world. And then this was, okay, now just, yeah, just this really kind of beautifully shot moment. I, I did love the, um, I didn't love his singing so much, but it was just so cute and real. I did love the cooking scene too, though. Putting the record on and like them singing oh. together, I thought was pretty cute. That was like a callback, I think, to when he leaves New York. Yeah. And you're kind of like, oh yeah, like when they do the Henry Mancini thing and it's more yeah. the whole episodes very like old school and very um classic New York kind of vibe. Yeah. And I felt like I saw that um in this version, like, oh, he's still like it fell right in line with his character, you know. Exactly. Um, exactly. But yeah, and I like the whole like how they're kind of interspersing, like they're dancing and he's like pepper. Like, yeah, he's like pepper on there. So I just, exactly. Beautiful. But exactly. Sadness. It really, and then it like, I was in shock and then I cried. I think maybe 10 minutes after it ended before I watched it. Yeah. And I was like, I had it it." happened that like, so I kind of like sputtered. I laughed a little bit. So she's like, wow, that was abrupt. Whoa, that was a lot. And then my husband came home like immediately after and I turned. And before, like, I saw him and I just kind of like welled up with tears and he was like, what's going on? And I was just like, big died. And I just started crying. And then I cried for the next like 15 minutes. Aww. I just sat and I like, it was so funny because I was like 
trying not to cry and I was trying to explain to him, you know, just what happened. And I just couldn't stop crying. <laughs> so it got to me. <laughs> yeah. I think that was part of why I cried pretty quickly is I was sitting next to my husband watching that one. Yeah. So like immediately, like you kind of let it sink in what happened. And then you're like, what about when I get to that stage of my life? Yeah. Can go first. Am I going to be able to handle not having him? And you know, it was just so emotional. Freaking. It's so emotional. And the whole way that they do the relationship, just, it shows like the comfort of being in a very long-term relationship where yes. you really know each other, you know? Yeah. Oh, I don't know, you know how to like transition from this. <laughs> um, anyways, so this is the first episode of several that we're going to do. Mm. We're going to follow this is at least the initial plan is we're going to follow and just like that until it finishes. Um, so what our plan is, is to post again next week. The next video mm. might come up a little bit faster than a week from now, because we're actually a little late on starting this. Mm -hmm. So you'll probably see us uh, within the next week with another episode. You definitely will, because we're going to do a episode two, which has already come out. And then we're going to have to do three this week. <laughs> so it's going to be a quick start, but then hopefully we'll have a more of a steady, um, less intense schedule. So expect to see another episode within a week of this on episode two. You can find us on Instagram at will you be my friend show, or you can find us on YouTube at will you be my friend and pretty much anywhere that is, will you be my friend show? Will you be my friend show? There's another person that's, will you be my friend? So will you be my friend show? And you can find me at vegan.coach.kylie on Instagram or vegancoachedkylie.com. And where can they find you, Jazz? Um, I'm on Instagram, jasmine.rose.doula or jasminerosedoula.com. Beautiful. And yeah, we are Jasmine and Kylie, and we thank you for watching slash listening. And we hope you enjoy. If you have any questions, leave them in the comments below. Feel free to hit subscribe or turn on your notification bell if you'd like to see everything that we post as soon as it's posted. And share this with your friends who might be interested in some commentary on and just like that. Yeah. Thanks yeah. for hanging out with us. <laughs>